It's the Never Ending Q podcast. I am Kurt. We've got the boys back together. That is Jeff. He's back from Florida. Jeff, how are we doing? Great. You don't look sunburned at all. <laughs> I'm not sunburned at all. You're not sunburned at thanks, all? Thanks to that no. handy bucket hat. Did you appreciate oh, that in the, the, uh, the first five minutes of Matt and I's literally five-hour Marvel recap, uh, we, we mentioned your bald head and how it was probably getting sunburned in Florida? I hope you liked that. It was like getting fired on my day off. <laughs> I wasn't even here. You guys are kicking a ball guy while he's down. But bucket hats help. I mean, you know, if we learned anything from last week's golf tournament, it's the Stuart Sink and Jim Furyk's of the world that, you know, you get the chrome dome and take the hat off after a round of golf. It is not a good look. So you got to go with the bucket. Yeah. It's a sign of dad strength, too, similar to the mustache. Like... If you're just rocking the power bucket hat too, it's just you're putting out a vibe. It's a very it's utility vibe. over fashion. That's what happens yeah. in in dads in general. That's why cargo pants. Like, yeah, I'm gonna wear something where I can put my stuff. You got all kinds. I don't care if it doesn't look. You know, these New Balance feels really comfortable, and it's right. you know white white shoes. What's wrong right. with that? Yeah, there's Velcro yeah. on my wallet. Whatever. I don't want my coins falling out. It's you affordable like every- and practical. Now that we're totally off on a tangent, do you feel like every dad has the same pair of, of the like kind of green new balances that have the big end on the side that they use for yard work? I feel like every house I go into, I see a pair of those shoes and it's like, yeah, yeah they I know were, exactly. What the, they were $35. I, they were yeah. white at one point. Right. <laughs> and from a mix of Scott's fertilizer and grass clippings have now become like a light shade of green. Well, and right? whether or not they're new balance, like, they're your they're your yard work shoes and probably twice a month your wife will come out when, when are we going to throw these out never until i my will be next, buried in them yeah and that, <laughs> until my next pair of running shoes crap out and i use them for my yard work shoes that's right there's a I also wear the language those, matt i wear those shoes to Sorry. home depot for a little extra clout like if right. i show up with really ratty shoes on yeah mm-hmm. i feel like i can park on the pro parking spots exactly Mr. O'Donnell, nice to see yeah. you again. Yeah. Can you uh, can you put this uh, these two by fours on the top of my Audi, please? Yeah. Just hold them with the one arm. So you don't have the roof rack. Doesn't matter. I got it. I just go there. Matt, for the how are dogs. you? I didn't even ask you. I just I skipped right to Jeff and I skipped over you. I take you for granted. We spent five hours together ranking Marvel movies and a lot of hours, guys. A lot, a lot of, of hours. hours. Put in the time. Put in the time. I'm doing great, Kurt. Thanks for asking. You I'll, had I'll, uh, I'll you had you. You had Dan's bachelor party this last weekend. I did. I asked earlier, but it's, I'm disappointed you guys didn't spend another, you know, five hours recapping the recap. Yeah. Recap. Well, we we dug deep into the uh, the Disney the Disney Plus uh, Marvel shows. Um, you know, a little bit of episode five of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, getting excited for Loki, all that jazz. But yeah, Jeff, it was do you want to get into this now? I, I can't keep up with these young guys though on bachelor parties. So oh, bring it full circle on the dad. We're going to, we're going to get to that with the, with our, with our topic this week, we're going to talk about favorite wedding scenes and I mean, bachelor parties tie into weddings and there's, there's a couple tangents from some of my selections that, that I know uh, we'll visit, but Jeff, anything you want to add on, on Marvel that you think we missed? I know nope. you've, you've been dying to know nope. things. Every, nothing. Nope. No. Wow. Okay. No, I mean, that's a lot of content. I mean, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a lot uh, that you guys did. And it's good. 
because it's done. You don't and have any feelings there. on Howard the Duck or or Electra? You're a big Electra guy, aren't you? Let's just go down the list again. Let's, let's start. <laughs> yeah. I do have a resignation letter I can send over pretty promptly. <laughs> if <laughs> It's been five minutes and Jeff is already sick of this arrangement again of, of me mad at Jeff. Back to guest stars. I do want to thank uh, Holly and Dan for stepping in as, uh, as we have various life events, work events. Uh, yeah, they were very good. The Superfluous Podcast. Yeah, they did a great job. I think your sister and I would be fast friends with the old Hollywood. Yeah, I'm trying to steer away from that because I don't want to be shoved out of my own podcast. Things but that happen. day's coming. Yeah. Side texts are happening. That's fine. Well, we got a cinema six pack. We haven't had one of these in uh, in a few episodes. So as a reminder, we have each compiled our top five of a select category. That category this week is favorite wedding scene. Not best wedding scene, favorite wedding scene. Uh, so we will each go through our top fives. We'll each give our top our, our number five nomination uh, for the list. And then we'll take the best one for that spot and then do the same thing for number four up and up and up we've done this probably 10 times if you don't know it by now i don't know what to tell you um i didn't think about order let's do uh matt why don't we let jeff Jeff go first because jeff first we we talked for three hours a couple days ago guy who's winning the uh the overall cinema six-pack rankings go first Jeff, what is the point tally, if you have it up and handy? Oh, of course I do. Um, the point tally in third place is uh, our fearless leader, Kurt, with 22 points. Wait. It's- no, that's, that's too low. You, uh, Matt and I each get 56 points each for ranking <laughs> each of the Marvel movies. I don't think you factored that in. So third place, Kurt with 22 points. <laughs> Matt Massive. in second place with 24 points. And I am still sitting at 29. Uh, just just a little bit ahead in that first place slot. Looking oh. forward to getting back to our non-competition competition. Just for Love fun. of the game. Yep. Just for fun. Just so to defend your title, what, what is... Uh... What is your name? I know this is a a big favorite of yours. So um, I'm hoping you can help me out here a little bit. Uh, I went with Les Mis. Um, Oh my God. You're breaking up. I'm going to have to, uh, (laughs) let's do this another time. That's our show. (laughs) Uh, I did not go with Les Mis, but I really appreciated you shitting all over it during the musical pod. Terrible. My number five is a 2018 movie called Crazy Rich Asians. And That's a good one. the climax of this movie is a wedding. The whole thing is leading up to a wedding, talking about a wedding. Uh, the plot is not really important here, but the insane and elaborate outlandishness of this wedding that occurs is kind of w- what makes it uh, a favorite of mine the actual wedding itself. And so it opens up, uh, Jimmy O. Yang's a, a, a uh, groomsman. He's wearing a tux that does not match anybody else at all. It's like gold. 
Um, and to always the extent, makes the bride happy. Right. To the extent that the groom says like, Hey, thanks for dressing up. And Jimmy's like, well, it's, it's not about me. I just, you know, it's not about me. I want everybody to know that. Um, the setting for the wedding, everybody's sitting in what looks like a beautiful garden of some sort. There's no like actual chairs anywhere. Uh, one of the greatest covers of wise man say comes on. I mean, it's like the sniffle button gets hit almost immediately. Uh, then water starts to come down the aisle to which the bride has to walk on top of this water down the aisle. And so if that isn't enough, then the reception is just this crazy party in Singapore on top of the hotel. Um, it's nonstop wealth and extravagance throughout the entire thing. Uh, one thing I did find a little weird is that as soon as the bride got to the altar, the entire wedding started cheering. I didn't think that, that was really appropriate. I thought that that was really more of a let's wait and see type of thing. Um, I'm kind of in for it though. Like let's get the, let's get the energy up through the ceremony a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm there. Um, but like, yeah, dude, I mean, when Lauren is... got to the altar, by the way, Matt, I didn't think she should do it. Run. That was that was me that was booing in the background. <laughs> Run away. Um, no, but I mean, this whole movie is just about wealth and extravagance and the wedding didn't disappoint at all. I mean, I, I was already married, thank God, before this scene came out because things would have gotten very pricey, I think, had we seen this prior to our wedding. I'm still mad you didn't invite me to your wedding. And this excuse that you didn't know me yet is really not, I don't know, that's not it's holding much of, water. It's kind of bullshit. I agree, Matt. Yeah. I mean, I had hair when I got married. <laughs> your head not your face yeah that's true yeah yeah this i like this pick um i kind of forgot about this one but this is one that, this is uh definitely definitely top 10 rom-com i think in my book i don't know what the other nine are per se but i think wow it's a good one i like top this 10. one i don't know i'm probably you're, just you're, making that you're up. tipping your hand if we ever do rom-com rankings let's yeah. go Right, let's um, go. <laughs> no, this is uh, let's go. This is a funny one. Aquafina is hilarious in this movie. Aquafina is great. Aquafina is great. I mean, Constance Wu is phenomenal in this movie. I think the only thing I saw her in prior to this movie was the sitcom uh, Fresh Off the Boat, which I loved. I don't know. I don't even know if it's still on air, but I watched it for like the first two seasons. Love Randall Park. Uh, yeah. So, had you seen this, Kurt? Uh, I've not. Oh, wow. Was, uh, Hold yeah. on. Hold the phone. Yeah. We found a movie. Call the papers. Yeah. That Kurt has not seen. I think it's an automatic win. That's it's it's it going to be a, a cancel Kurt because it's going to be like, oh, of course, the movie about Asians Kurt didn't see. Cancel mm -hmm. Kurt. Mm -hmm. I'll just update the tally now. 30. Got it. <laughs> All right. You guys want to just move on to four? I wish probably just, you know, for completion sake yeah yeah matt what do you got so i i kurt i mentioned to you this team before we started recording this was a funny category for me because i was like well what we got here is like we have funny we have sappy and we have serious right so right. i kind of i kind of tried to pull in some of my favorites across those three categories and and similar to hefe on this one i went with a rom-com that's just one of my, uh, we watch it a lot in my household, especially around Christmas. Um, 
is the the scene in Love Actually, um, the wedding scene when they're when they're walking out and uh, the groomsman who are uh, the best man who uh, spoilers not a great look is in love with the fiance now wife, um, but don't worry about that for right now. Um, hires a band and this is set in England obviously so this adds more weight hires a band to pop out of the uh the choir up top but also throughout the pews and they start singing all you need is love and it's uh it's just a beautiful moment not quite as extravagant as Hefe's but you know it's a nice scene it is a very nice scene and it's uh nice little movie um Richard Curtis wrote it, who is uh, he's a guy who worked with Rowan Atkinson a lot, otherwise known as Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote a, a lot of the Mr. Bean show and, and a Bean really, really funny Bean. show called Black Adder um, that has some of the most creative insults other than Veep that I think I've heard in a TV show, which is always something that's appreciated. But yeah. he, uh, if you look at his other filmography, he's done things like uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral, which... Yep to its name has has four weddings in it um that are all amusing and, and nice little scenes um he wrote a, an, a pretty underrated movie i think uh called about time uh that also has a nice wedding oh, scene in it so that's a good one too the guy it's it's about time's a great movie we'll find another way to talk about it um Rom-com. i was tempted to put it in my uh in my father relationship uh yeah that's top notch six pack stuff. But yeah, another nice wedding scene, and and I'll also see yeah, Love Actually definitely known for again. He's great. He's, he's in both of these movies. Yeah, uh, and and about time and Love Actually probably probably those two and Pirate Radio probably probably top three Bill Nye performances. Pirate Radio is great too. Yeah, that's I don't know if that's Richard Curtis or not. I don't think it is. It might be. It's not like I have, I don't have the internet right in front of me. I could easily look that up, <laughs> but I won't. Um. Jeff, you got anything on love, actually? Actually, I don't. Actually. Love it. No, I mean, I think you guys hit it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really good movie. It is very different from Crazy Rich yeah. Asians, but they are two very different scenes and different places. But I think it's great. Is uh, Rowan Atkinson, is he, he's in, is it Four Weddings and a Funeral he's in where he's the priest? He is the priest who forgets the words. He's the family friend who's the priest who says, <laughs> awesome. take me to be your, your awful wife. Um, yeah. <laughs> can't remember the guy's name. He's in love, actually, too. Um, he is not in about time. Uh, yeah. Hold, please. On with the chlorophyll. I'm going to look it up. So what's your, what's your five there, Kurt? I was going to wait on Matt to... No, this no, is good. Go. This is uh this is good podcasting. We're waiting on Matt to, to Google search things. While Matt's doing that, I'm gonna go ahead and get my number five, which is a more of a comedy than a romantic comedy. Actually, maybe a bromantic comedy if it's gonna be anything. It is the wedding scene in the hangover. Mm. Uh the wedding is the main catalyst. Not a romantic of, comedy. Not. No, no, let's <laughs> of, just get that off the table uh, right we, now. We are the three best friends anyone's <laughs> ever had. Uh, you know, the, the wedding is the main catalyst for, for all the events in the movie. They're, they're in Las Vegas because of the voucher party. And they have a hard stop of when they need to find Doug because the wedding is in 
two days from when they wake up, which not to go down a tangent already, but that seems like a common thing in movies where like the bachelor party is either like the night before or two days before the wedding. And I have never, I mean, it's been months separated. I I think that's why they don't, I think that's why nobody does it like that anymore. I mean, Matt, can you imagine in, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you went on a bender when you were, at, at Dan's bachelor party, but can you imagine like going to your wedding? The you know, gonna the get day him in a bunch after... of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no, like there's no oh. I mean, I'll put it back to yeah. oh, you know, let me absolve myself from this weekend and think back to my bachelor party. Right. There's no way Anyone's I bachelor party. to go to my wedding immediately after that. Like even a couple of days after that. And that's not really a, a I mean, it can be a drinking thing, but it's also just like a, I haven't slept. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've probably done some form of physical activity, whether it's, you know, I got a sore shoulder. There's also a high potential for like injury that like we went whitewater rafting for my bachelor party and same with mine. Yeah. Like there's a potential of like somebody getting hurt. So like you gotta keep yourself at least a month of a buffer. Death. Right. Yeah. Death is a big pall over a wedding. That's everybody knows that. Yeah. It's a what real, happened to Matt? Huh. Well, <laughs> there was that rock. I think I think when we get the autopsy back, we'll find that he died of natural causes. Although I guess if it's death, one month or one day, is it going to make a big difference as to when the bachelor party happened True. in relation True. to the wedding? But still, it's nice to give yourself a buffer. In any yeah. case, but these guys did not. So, you know, the, the, like I said, they're they're on the clock to find Doug. Which to to finish that whole thought tangent. How Doug stayed on his feet for the wedding, if if he's had no really no oh water or food or sleep for for two days straight, sitting on a, a baking yeah. I, sun. I, I don't want to get too much into this because we're going to talk about the hangover again at some I point. And I, I have nits to pick. Um, so anyway, for, for the wedding itself. So the movie starts with with them late to the wedding, and it reveals. I know Jeffrey Tambor has had his share of of you know deplorable behavior that's been reported, and I'm not condoning that but i i do think he does great in this movie as the the father who is ostensibly paying for the entire wedding but who could not be bothered that these guys are completely <laughs> late defends them as they're probably on a heater and you never walk away when you're on a heater well they set it up too that like he's happy to have a, a normal a normal son yeah son. yeah, yeah. He, gives, he gives doug the car that's a deleted scene the, the car that they trashed he yeah, that's a great scene. gives them the, uh, you know, the car is a wedding present. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, the wedding is not a very long scene in the movie, but I do think it has some good moments. We get Stu finally telling off Melissa, um, which I love the small scene of, of, of Bradley Cooper, Phil watching with like pride as, yes. as Stu finally stands up for himself as, as yes. Good. Uh, we get, we get a, uh, we get some callbacks from, uh, old school in terms of the Dan band performing at the wedding and yeah. cursing at inopportune times. And when, uh, uh, when, when Melissa says, but the F is going on to Stu, uh, Phil gives, gives his six year old uh, earmuffs. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. Classic and that's the other nice thing is like, you know, Phil for the whole movie is like bordering on being an asshole, but, but he's still, you're rooting for him. You like him. But it's nice to see, like he's he's dipping his toe in like scumbag land. I want so more. It's nice to Bradley see at the wedding that, as an asshole. We need more Bradley Cooper as an asshole today. He kind of gets that with Rocket. 
Speaking of Rocket, let's let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit. <laughs> oh God, Jeff just walked out. <laughs> um, you know, you see Phil with his wife and with his son, and in rewatching this, uh, Phil's wife is Pam from Step Brothers. Yeah, in the uh, the, yes. the interview, the, I'm saying Pam. There's a deal. Pam. What do you say? <laughs> Two M's. Hello, Mr. lady. So anyway, it's you know. It's not a long scene, but it was a nice cap to uh, to the movie, and I liked it. So Can I add something thought. you missed? Yeah. By all means. When Alan says uh, to, what is it, Melissa? Uh, I'm thinking of getting my bartender lessons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's my that's one of my honorable mentions. Just just outside the top five. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought it in. Uh, Top I was debating because it's not very it's it's not like it's no one watches the movie for that scene. No, but it you hit the nail on the head. Like it it's it it pays homage to you know a lot of old school stuff that that you know kind of set the tone. Like um Eddie is in it, you know. Oh no love yeah. for Eddie, like and he's uh <laughs> Avi from old school. Uh mm-hmm. the Dan Band you mentioned. It's, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. I mean, it's easy this way because this you. is a, yeah, <laughs> you're taking pie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, this is one of those where it's like the whole movie revolves around the wedding and, and they kind of suck the landing with the wedding in, in yeah. a non-conventional way. So I dug it. I can't imagine my father-in-law is, if I was that late to the wedding, just saying no. Vegas. <laughs> Vegas. I would have been shot on site. Oh. I can't imagine, like, there's no way any of our wives would have said to the best man, hey, they comped us an extra night. We're just going to come back tomorrow before the wedding. Like, no. That this is kind of the least flow. of it. That, that's a running theme of this, of, of playing a game called, would your wife have been cool with XYZ that happens in this movie? And most of the time it's no. No. no, not at all. Not at all. No. So anyway, that's that's our number fives. Yeah. Uh, now the voting. Three different movies. Three very different movies. Three different movies. I haven't seen Crazy Rich Asians. So yeah, I, I feel like I kind of have to defer. I mean, I would go for Love Actually here. That might be a nice um, round. You know, Crazy Rich Asians, the whole, the whole reason they're in Singapore is for this wedding and it acts as kind of a vehicle for the two main characters to fall in and out of love multiple times throughout the thing. But it's not why you watch the movie. I think love actually is a nice compromise. And and like we just said, the hangover again, same reason, not why you watch the movie. A couple funny scenes. Love actually is all around. Let's do it boys. All right. That's number five. Jeff, what do you got for number four? For number four, so I, when we did this and we said like favorite, right? Yeah. I just kind of went to immediate like word association recall. Movies I think of when it comes to weddings. And so for number four, I have The Princess Bride. And the very short wedding scene between Princess Buttercup and Prince Humperdinck. This is my honorable uh, mention. My it gets favorite. me every single time. Um, the first line of the scene <laughs> is a lispy tongue too big priest which we all know which is marriage 
and then he goes on and on. Uh, but what, what I love about the scene, together. right, is also that you have Wesley Fezzik, who's played by Andre the Giant, uh, and Eno Montoya on trying to charge the gate, right? Andre the Giant is like on top of a very large, what looks like Dolly, uh, dressed up in a cape, claiming that he's the Dread Pirate Roberts. And they can hear this from inside uh, and that there's going to be a problem. Prince Humperdinck's like, skip to the end, faster, <laughs> get man and wife, man and wife, get it going. Uh, they're trying to break in. They get the guy, they're like, give us the key. He's like, I, I have no key. They like, cut his arms off. He's like, oh, this key. Here you go. <laughs> um, As a group, this man's arms off. <laughs> right. Man, this kid is so good in this movie. Hard oh, to believe he's the same guy in Homeland. Yeah. We're watching Homeland right now, and it's just like, like that. It's great. Totally um, agree, Jeff. It's, it's, I had this immediate as, recall. My, as my number six, like it, as my yeah. lone honorable mention. Um, that's I guess highlighted above the other honorable mentions, but it's like that scene with the with the priest who can't say his R's is such a microcosm of what that movie is, where it's it takes this thing that you think and you know what it's going to be, and then it's just like delightfully weird in yes. a way that's not too weird, but just like a little bit off kilter, right? And I, I don't know, like it's just like who thought of just make, let's make him where he can't talk. That's a perfect. He's even like hard to look at. Categorization of this movie. It's on the face of it, you're like, and that's even like sort of brought to life with um, Fred Savage, where he's like, I don't know, I don't want to read this book. Grandpa, is this a kissing is, book. Yeah, this yeah. Is a kissing book. And then he's just like in, like, because it's just, yeah. it's got everything, right? And and after the wedding, you you think just that the wedding didn't matter at all, but you know, did you say I do? No. Well, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. But in between that is is a great throwaway scene where she uh, Buttercup kisses the king and says, "Basically, I'm going to kill myself in my room." And right. He's like, "Oh, won't that be nice?" She kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great movie. The great scene. Yeah, I this is in my honorable mentions too. Um, I I left it out because, I, and I probably just talked myself out of it, but like. It's actually like a terrible wedding, terrible wedding scene <laughs> because she's being forced into this, but it's just got a bunch of hilarious lines, like the whole marriage thing. And then he just caps it off with, do you have the wing? <laughs> do you have the wing? <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you put it in here, Jeff. This, this is solid. Yeah, I mean, it's a it bad weird. marriage, right? Like it yeah. is not as okay. It's a depressing scene, right. but like even more props to them, like, for having the, the the foresight to be like, okay, yeah, so we got to bring something in here to liven this up. People can't, can't play this straight. Not yeah. us, but people have gone to the extent to do this at their wedding and have really? the officiant do the marriage thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking about that your wife would not have been cool with. Not <laughs> have been cool with. <laughs> not no. have been cool with that. <laughs> no, had Father Flynn developed a strange speech impediment <laughs> moments before the wedding, he would have been out. <laughs> uh, well uh, Matt what do you got um, I, have, I have old school the drunk mixed speech mm, um, this is my three this is my three yeah sometimes you think you found love and then you take the early flight home from uh, what is it 
San Diego. Phoenix. It's Phoenix. San Diego. And we all know how it goes from there. Um, yeah. I mean, it, that's really, it's it's that scene. And then it's it's Bernie coming in and saying, I think what my friend's trying to say is true love is blind. Like, it's just, it's the perfect thing. I love this scene because I think every wedding I've ever been to, somebody says, ah, you know, it's great to see Frank's dad here. I haven't seen him in like 10 years. Thanks for yeah. coming out. Love you, dad. Like, it's just the quotability. Such a weird this. line. Yeah. 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 I backed that, that I had picture this of Farrell behind him too. Was that? that I had that this picture of, of Farrell behind for the whole wedding. Oh, like yeah. where he's, it's, it's a terrible picture of, of Frank. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's my number three. That's I had it at three, but I backed it up to the actual. I had the scene that you're talking about is kind of the end scene, but I also included in this. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah. actual marriage itself when they're standing on the altar. Same. And he's like, uh, "You look a little pale, Mitch. You yeah. need to breathe." He's, and then he's he's going on. He's like, "You know, do you know how many guys search for somebody with like the sexual, you know, prowess?" <laughs> and he's like, "I didn't want that." And Frank is oblivious to the whole thing, and he's like, Guys, "Just thank you for being here. It's the best day ever." He's like, "You need to walk away, you, Frankie. You need to walk away from this ASAP. I don't approve this." I got a wife, kids. Yeah. They look like they look like I'm happy guy. Yeah, that's our wife. Smile I for the baby. Yeah. Was watching, judging. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. Like that's that's your introduction to yeah. to Beanie, and really Devon because. I'm trying to, uh, I should have looked at this, you know, like I didn't have weeks before we did this podcast, but, you know, but he does swingers in 96, I think. And this is yeah. a three. And in between that, he kind of does, he does like psycho and he does the lost world. And like, I think there's like some comedies mixed in there, but not really, but like, this was a return to Vince Vaughn is going to talk fast and basically yeah. be Trent. If, if Trent grew, like grows up and gets a wife and a kid. Yeah, and so like that whole scene with the three of them, I think weddings in general in movies are a good way to get everybody in the same room together, mm-hmm. and and have interactions. And for the yeah, I agree, Jeff. Like that that scene in the church where it's the three of them standing at the altar is a is a perfect setup of like, here's how this relationship is going to go between yeah. the three of them. And and the part where he says like after just telling Frankie to run to Marissa's dad takes a <laughs> takes a man to give away an angel or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good call. I, I don't know why I stuck right with the, the mid, I mean, the mid speech kind of just jumps out to me first, but it's really that whole, that whole from the church to the mid speech to even when he um, spills the, the coffee on, um, oh. what's her, Ellen <laughs> Pompeo, is that her name? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole, the whole wedding is just, just fantastic. Yeah. Matt, I know you didn't. Uh, Kurt, you weren't at my wedding, so I'll tell you that I didn't either. But I wasn't at your wedding, so did you guys have a big head table like that? Did not. It's like sweetheart. Every time I see that at a wedding, table. I'm like, "What is that?" Yeah, it seems like I've, such... I've been to a couple that are like that. I think it depends on like the venue kind of sets it up for you, so you might be at the mercy of whatever the venue decides. Although some people may like that, I don't know. I yeah, the, the lo- very long table. Because when I was in that, I was, I was I've been at the end of one, and that's that's a low. Doesn't seem enjoyable. <laughs> well, and you're you're not at the table at all. Like I don't like you're there. You're sitting there for the speeches, and you you eat like three bites of whatever you paid tons of money to to get, 
and then the rest of the time you're dancing and i feel like why did that pick the table like with that big table it's probably gonna force you to stay there more we're not here to argue wedding design but yeah i'm I'm with you guys i've been to where they don't have tables at all it's all standing tables and buffet style and i actually enjoyed that a lot is that in a barn it was not in a barn uh, I don't in appreciate a the barn. tone. I don't. I don't appreciate the tone. I don't. I don't feel like that joke was made from a place of love. I feel like it was made from an attacking space. This do, is a do safe the space. Know that Look, Kurt grew up on a farm. I just call him like I see him. I think they do. do I mean, we've talked about like yeah. aliens and Kurt growing up in the Midwest, and maybe he was abducted once. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right. Maybe, that's what's, maybe that can explain a lot. Actually, yeah. I think about it. He had a hat shelf with uh, the styrofoam hats on there. Definitely explains why you walk like that. What was your four? Uh, real quick, as a, a semi-related tangent, it's interesting that Luke Wilson is on this list, and I'm, I'm relatively sure Owen Wilson is going to be on this list in some capacity. Uh, he will. It, you, I, I don't know if you guys know or not, those two were supposed to be the Ben Affleck and... Scott Conn roles in Ocean's Eleven. And I'm interested in what you guys would have thought if it was them. Like, would, would the movie have been better with the two of them? Nah. Because it never really Casey happened Affleck. to Luke Wilson. Casey Affleck, I'm sorry. Not, not the same energy. Um, I imagine Luke would have been Scott Conn and Owen Virgil, right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah. I'm glad it didn't happen. I find Luke Wilson kind of insufferable. I think America does too, because it never his career never really connected. Yeah. Owen Wilson. I find Luke Owen Wilson. Wilson. You I find, find Owen Wilson though. Yeah, okay. I misspoke. Yeah, I misspoke. Well, I think both of it's them a, are it's the same Mormon thing. Best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah over I and think... over again. I kind of like Luke Wilson. I'm I'm a little surprised that I never knew if it was because he never connected or if if he just chose smaller projects or in you know bigger movies that he took a swing on like idiocracy just for whatever reason didn't connect i think yeah if i I had to pick between the two if i had to pick between the two i'm i'd like luke way more known owen's the same character over and over again i mean vince vaughn's kind of the same way too but vince pulls it off wow wow it's very interesting yeah wow I think he's sleep on your couch fringe guy though (laughs) like i think that kind of comes out in his 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 choices uh but yeah i think i don't different energy i don't think it would have worked you needed um what's scott Conn's character's name turk in the thing yeah. you need him to be kind of the meathead either of those or like that maybe maybe luke could have been a little bit like the dumb enough to to have that energy but right um owen wilson i think is too was too famous to be the Virgil character. And I think Casey Affleck was sort of like kind of perfect in that. They might've overwhelmed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for indulging me on, on that hypothetical. Um, that's, that's why before I, before I give my, uh, before I give my number four, uh, Matt, you had a band, right? I remember bringing that. Did you have a band? Did you have a DJ? Oh, at the wedding? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I, right. like, I thought about? you were asking Matt if he was in a band. I was like, if he, <laughs> this if is going was, on a very different path. <laughs> I don't know about it. I, yes, we had a band at my wedding. I outed you as a band member. 
on a yes, podcast played, listened to uh, by tens I of people. Clarinet. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that kind of band, huh? Jeff, what about, were you were you a, a band or a DJ? We had a band, yes. Okay, we also had a band, and that ties into my number four selection of the wedding singer. Nice. Which was good. A movie that was set up as a uh, a nostalgic look back at the eighties. Um, that turned out to be a, a pretty solid romantic comedy. Um, before I talk about the movie, I I, I want to talk about like what this meant for Sandler's career, in my opinion. So in 95, he does Billy Madison. And before that, he had done, I think, just like smaller roles in like Airheads and, and Mixed Nuts. Um, so he does Billy Madison in 95, which is, you know, small budget comedy, makes 26 million on 10 million. He does Happy Gilmore a year later in February of 96. It gets released. And it does 41 million on 12 million. So a little better than Billy Madison, but like still that, you know, we'll throw 10 million at this. It'll make 30 to 40. Then he does Bulletproof, which gets released in September of 96, which I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. It's it's a buddy cop movie with him and Damon Wayans. And it failed pretty spectacularly. It, it made like 22 million at a time when both of their names were, were pretty hot. Um, yeah, that's surprising. It's not a good movie. Wow. Um, wow. Then he takes some, some wow. <laughs> Thanks, Owen, for coming on. Then he takes some time off. Hey, anytime. That's, uh, that's September of 96. So then The Wedding Singer comes out in February of 98. And that makes $123 million on $18 million budget. And the waterboard comes out seven months later and makes 190 million on 23 million dollar budget, and then we're off to the races of Adam Sandler is is one of the most bankable stars in Hollywood. So he kind of needed the wedding singer, is my point. He's coming off he's coming off two cult, you know, viewed as kind of stupid comedies, and then a bomb with Bulletproof. And so the wedding singer sets him up not only as a box office bankable guy, but also sets him up in this in this sidetrack of okay he can do the dumb comedy Jack and Jill where he dresses up as his own sister but he can also do these romantic comedies uh just Oof. go with it um you know and, and you can say what you want about like whether or not you enjoy him or not they've been commercially gangbusters yeah um you said I this wonder, was right I, before the Waterboy this was before the water yeah wedding singer and waterboy were in the same year wedding singer is February and waterboy is in September well, it's it a monster sense. year. Monster year. It makes sense too because, like, he's kind of a weirdo in this movie. So, to like take this is like that half step to Bobby Boucher, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he's you can kind of see him like finding the Bobby Boucher energy, like coming out of this. Too. There's always there's always like underlying anger in almost every yeah character he plays, and that's that's that you know he's a he's a man child, and that's Paul Thomas Anderson said that that when he watched him in Big Daddy, that's what he was drawn to. And that's why he thought that he'd be a good choice for Punch Drunk Love. Um, but I, I wonder if like, if Bulletproof had been successful, would his career have looked different because he would have just kept doing the buddy cop movie, you know, that, that kind of like semi-action movie or instead of this like romantic comedy lane, or if he would have found his way there eventually. I think Impossible he would have found his way back. I mean... I, I, well, it's a good distinction between the buddy cop and the rom-com, but like all his movies are about himself, right? And yeah. him just kind of like being the hero that like 
was misguided at first and then kind of finds his way or like struggles to reach his full potential. And, and I think that's just his, his, uh, his thing. Um, yeah. And, and I guess that kind of lends itself more to rom-coms than it does to buddy caps. I think it would have been just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, go ahead, Joe. I mean, I, you know, everybody steps on a grenade, but, uh, Obviously, that con- too many. The content was there. And, you know, you go back to the SNL days, a lot of these characters were getting kind of worked on and baked throughout that, right? And so I think I have no idea what Adam Sandler's mind's like outside of the fact that every day I'm going to put on the baggiest pair of basketball shorts I can find and just dress <laughs> like I own, you know, $18 <laughs> worth of clothes. Um but my guess is that that pipeline was probably well established in his head as to how he was going to bring all these characters to life. So I think, you know, landmines are not, I mean, he's, he, and he, he's not infallible. I mean, you're right. The money paints a different picture, right? Yeah. If you just follow the money wildly successful. If you go Jack and Jill, I'm never watching it ever. Like no. it's awful. It's unwatchable. Um, but it's him and it's happy Madison and it prints money. Um, I mean, Netflix, Netflix gave him that blank check to basically do that. And then, you know, he does, he does the ridiculous six and he does uncut gems. And I don't Um, think, I don't think uncut to that end. I don't think uncut becomes the movie it is without his. I mean, we've talked about uncut. It's a really hard watch. It's not a happy Madison film, right? Like it's not, To be fair, that's not one of the Netflix movies he made with 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 their money. That was a you know I think that gave him the freedom, the the Netflix money. Not that he even needed that though. I don't even think that's true. I mean, no. I feel like he but can I, do kind of what he wants. But I think his name yeah. attached to it after all the success helped put that movie on the map because that could I have agree. been that could have been a flame out um, yeah. because of how dark it is. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting what the rest of his career looks like. Um, but like you he, said, Jeff, he seems very comfortable with who he is and and what he wants to do. And, I, you know, apparently millions of dollars and uh, for years and years will do that for you. But, uh, you know, for this movie, you know, I, it was marketed, I'm sure, as like we're, we're going to do this 80s movie and we're going to include all these references and the soundtrack is going to be all these 80s songs. And to be clear, the soundtrack is great. Um, but it is... It, all the gimmicks in the world won't save you if the movie's not good. And it is a good movie. And I don't even like Drew Barrymore that much, but these are the more appealing roles to me that, that she's in. Um, and as far as like the wedding scene itself, it's, it's to me, it's the first wedding. It's the, you know, he's a great, it sets up that he's a great wedding singer, which is true. Like if you get a good wedding band, it really gets the crowd's energy up and, and there really is, Mm-hmm. A few places where there's, you know, it's more fun to be on the dance floor than than a wedding that has a good wedding band mm-hmm. just in the zone. Um, mm-hmm. Then it, it sets up Steve Buscemi as the drunk brother, best man, who turns the the speech into uh, how would it be the father always favored uh, uh, the groom over him, and uh, Dante, who you know shows up as the quarterback and the water boy, and I think almost every Sandler movie after that point, this is the first movie that he's in. Uh, he's, he's one of the groomsmen. Um, you start to see this familiar Sandler players. Alan Covert is his 
best friend slash manager. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny scene, but um, it's an encapsulation of, of a really enjoyable movie. And something else weird is, is Glenn Gulia plays the villain. And he's a guy that I didn't, I mean, this, this movie came out in 98. I don't remember seeing him in a movie again until I watched the way back in March of 2020. And he's the opposing coach to Ben Affleck. And I remember like when he came on screen, I was like, I know that guy. How do I know that guy? And I, I, I beat it. And I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's Glenn Gulia. And he, you know, 22 years later, he kind of looks the same. So I don't know if he's been watering in the wilderness since then, but good on you for sticking with it. Glenn Gulia. I don't even know his real name. Um, Gotta get on anyway, that skincare regime. <laughs> it's probably long enough on, on my number four, but uh, you guys got anything else on the wedding singer? Or? No, have, I think my favorite, in here. my favorite scene in the wedding singer is the plane scene, but it oh, it's yeah. the actual wedding. Yeah. I, I also like the love stinks uh, wedding where he gets punched out by the father and the bride. That's pretty good. Sir, one more outburst from you and I will strangle you with this microphone cord. You understand me? <laughs> well, I feel like the voting has to be old school now because it's Jeff and I's number three. I think that's how we've been kind of handling this. Is That's usually how we do it. Um, right. Even though both of those are, are solid the solid sixes to come back to could be yeah, we have way back we have them in the slot yeah yeah well we already know what uh what jeff and i's number three is so matt what is your number three my number three is the wedding scene in meet the fuckers um so we we knew we'd have another owen wilson scene in here um this is like by far not the the biggest moment in the movie I, there's a this movie is just awesome from, from start to finish. Um, I don't, I, I didn't um, love Ben Stiller and meet the parents. I think I've mentioned this before. I don't love like sort of the, the whiny timid version we get of Ben Stiller and a lot of this stuff, but I think in this movie, he kind of plays a, a good balance of like, okay, he's, he's starting to get in the inner circle. He's, he's starting to have a little bit more backbone. And I think he kind of pulls it off and um, just the, pulling in um who is it hoffman for his dad and um mm -hmm. uh is it bet midler for his mom are we going to talk about bet midler again kurt no it's not bet midler it's uh oh it's filler it's uh barbara streisand barbara yeah streisand. that's one yeah yeah uh, can you hear me yeah <laughs> Um, but it's the just snowman. the thing i like about this is just like all this like <laughs> awkward <laughs> <laughs> is that the same song it is <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> it's, it's the same tune dead that's uh it it's at the beginning of deadpool 2 they they make that distinction oh, that's right <laughs> that's right but it's stuck with me ever since then yeah um, yeah it's very true right. it is. disney's a hack but anyway yeah. um just kind of like the weird awkward sort of energy that, that kind of all comes together in this wedding scene uh is great. The fact that they had Owen Wilson, who plays Pam's ex-boyfriend, ex-fiance, wow. who Robert De, Niro, <laughs> Robert De Niro clearly favors over uh, yeah, Jack, just over Gaylor. Uh, it's just, and he like throughout the whole, a few of the scenes in the movie, like he's he's he got ordained as a uh, he got ordained to do this, and he's he's doing 
the, the Hebrew blessing and just staring right at Pam. And Ben Stiller has to be like, hey, and he's like, what? Oh, yeah, drink it. Like, <laughs> it's just, wow. it gets me every time. Um, the, 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 what is that thing that he plays? The Peter Pan plays? Like the, it's like an ocarina or whatever. I don't even know. The little no, I know, I know very much what an ocarina looks like because of Zelda. It's not that. Uh, or it's uh, like it's a, pan, I think it's it's a pan, pan flute. Pan. It's, a, it's pan a pan flute. Yeah, Peter Pan. Yeah, makes um, sense. So yeah, nailed it. That's uh, that's what I got. All right, I I like the entry. I'm gonna suggest something, maybe offensive. Uh, I like I like Princess Bride more than I like Meet the Fockers. So I'm 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 asking if it's feels right to you guys to put princess bride at four i, I think that's fair at three i think that's fair meet the fuckers was was for me not for anybody it's a that's it's a solid entry i don't want to disparage the entry but to just point people are doing marriage in their actual wedding ceremonies yeah again not us people people right. yeah definitely not us okay i like it well, that takes us up to number two. F.A. Okay. Number two. What was yours? Number two is Godfather. The original Godfather. Um, Have we talked about this movie before? Almost <laughs> as little as we've talked about Marvel. I think. Paul uh, Newman is in that, right? Paul Newman is in that, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, anyways... Uh, I mean, this movie, this entire trilogy in my mind is teed up in the opening scenes of this movie, which is uh, Don Corleone's daughter's wedding. And for somebody that grew up with 0% uh, Italian in his bloodline and or any idea of really how that happened, uh, you are immediately brought into not only how the mob operates uh, from a business standpoint, how Don Corleone operates from a respect standpoint, but just like the Sicilian wedding, uh, all the things going on, you really get, I think, Kurt, you said this before about, I think it was just old school. Like it's a good way to meet all the characters. Yeah. They do a great Good reason for them all to be in the same room. Yep. They're all there. All the sons are there, right? Um, the interesting thing in rewatching this scene with Michael, and I'm sure it's on purpose, is that, um, you know, Michael's talking to Kay a lot about his family. Obviously, she's new to the, the arena here. And he gets into the story about, uh, I forget the singer's name, but his dad and Luca Brasi going out and making the guy can't, offer he can't refuse and it was either going to be his brains or his signature on the on the agreement right and he says very explicitly like that's my family but that's not me Kay. and he's clearly distancing himself from like what it is the Corleones are and what they do and then godfather 2 opens with not a wedding but with the his sons i think or one of his kids uh baptisms or confirmations and now he's the don right and so like the backwards foreshadowing there I found kind of interesting in rewatching it after watching Godfather 2 for a previous pod. 
but the wedding itself, I mean, the wedding, it's a great wedding. Um, the meat and potatoes of this scene is the wedding in the background and Vito Corleone in his office and the various people that are coming in to ask favors and or provide uh, kind of congratulations. And it opens, right, kind of fade to black into the office with Bonacera going through his daughter being beat up and the guy's getting charged, but then being let out right away and he wants justice. And then you, you really get to learn who Vito is. Right. And he's like, you know, you've never had me over to your house. Why should I, my wife's the God, godmother, your only son, you know, you don't, you don't want to be my friend. You know, why should I help you? And it's all about respect. The whole thing's about respect. And you see that as every character is introduced for this, for this, what is going to be a trilogy. That's all he cares about is that people want to respect him and then he'll take care of you. You know, this, this day may never come, but you know, I got you. Um, yeah. And it's, it's one of these scenes where when I think of a wedding, you know, it's very quotable comes up all the time, but, but this is the one I go to. And it's really, I mean, it, it's one of the last times that, the, that that whole family is together, which can be said, somebody said that about, weddings when when i got married it was to take take a step back if you can and appreciate that all of these people will not be in the same room again together and at the time i remember thinking that that was true but not appreciating kind of the gravity of that statement and it didn't yeah. take long but you know you know you look i look back at the album now and it's like well, that person's passed away and yeah i don't really see that person anymore and and that person lives in california and it's just It'll never happen again. Um, and, and for this family, you know, it, it, it gives them that moment in the narrative, but it also, it also sets up uh, a lot of, of who the characters are in, in small moments. You know, you get a sense of who Sonny is. You get a sense of who Fredo is. You already mentioned Michael. Um, Fredo's hammered. Fredo's hammered. Yeah. It's just perfectly uh, on cue. Um, no, it's a great scene. You, you nailed everything that I was going to say about it. It was in my, uh, it was either what I have for number two or this one. Um, and I went with, I went with even the, what I'm going to, what I'm going to say, cause I knew you were going to have Godfather, but even the way they treat you? the FBI, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Like these other mob movies or, or gangster movies, right. We'll, we'll paint it with a broader brush, not just say the mob, you know, the feds are usually tiptoed around and like they show up, they're taking pictures and, these guys are going out there and throwing money at them, taking their cameras. Yeah. They're in charge. They are in charge. Do not, do not think for any other second that it's any other way. Yeah. Um, they don't care who you are. Yeah. It's a classic for a reason. And, and yeah. this is a scene that adds to that. Yeah. It's definitely a classic wedding scene. I, I left it out because I, I obviously we've talked about it a lot already, but it's, um, I never, when I thought wedding seat, like this is more of like an establishing who the boss is, getting to know the character. Like you, you know, you, you made the point that it's like the majority of the scene is spent in, in Don Corleone's office and it's, and it's all set, you know, set in the backdrop of, of the wedding, but it's really more about like, that was the excuse for all these people to ask him favors, right? So that's for me kind of why I, I kept it out. It was more about 
him and getting more to know about Michael. I think you bring up a good point that like a lot of times weddings are used as devices to like introduce a lot of people. I think that's a good point. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I think the counterpoint to that is I don't know that, you know, Frank's wedding in old school has to happen. Right. It's not pivotal to the to the story there either. Right. But there's but it's a vehicle in which is used to introduce the characters. You obviously get it gets teased out down the line when Frank goes through what Frank goes through. But like right. Frank could have just been in a bad marriage and gotten divorced. Um, so, you know, I think. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's still a good pick. I was just saying why I left it out. Uh, yeah. Um, so my number two, two could not be more different from Jeff's number two. Uh, <laughs> it's a very small scene in the middle of a movie that's incredibly long uh, called The Five-Year Engagement. Um, and it's it's not the scene at the end of the movie where Jason Segel and Emily Blunt finally get married. It's the scene about maybe a third of the way through the movie where Chris Pratt's character and Alison Brie's character get married. And it comes like quick cut to it right after Alison Brie's character tells Emily Blunt's character that, that she's pregnant and it's with this, her, her fiance's sort of idiot friend. Um, and then it cuts to the wedding and it's like surprisingly, I mentioned earlier how like you either get funny, sappy or serious. This is like a combination of an actually very beautiful wedding that's also incredibly hilarious because you have, um, it's set in a beautiful park in San Francisco underneath this really beautiful willow tree. And like, you know, they, they get married and it's all like they do the vows and it's all very nice. And then Chris Pratt lifts his hands up. You know, this is pre-Guardians, Chris Pratt. He's got this big belly. He's like, we're effing married. And he like chest bumps her. And, and the kicker on this is it, while it, all the while uh, Jason Siegel and Emily Blunt are in the, the audience just like kind of saying, you know, oh, it's not a competition, but like, you know, this or that, or they're kind of jealous the whole time. But then Chris Pratt sings this like beautiful song in a different language to uh, Alison Brie and the entire crowd is just in tears. And it's just like incredibly beautiful. And then it just cuts to uh, Siegel and, and Emily Blunt in the car on the way home. And they're just like, fuck those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've seen this movie and this scene, you know, it's what I'm talking about. And it's great. Yeah. I had to check it out. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm glad was... you brought this up because it's, uh, I, I'd like to have like a, a brief discussion about this movie. I mean, brief in our terms means like 15 minutes but um so i didn't like this movie i it, it, like you said like i think you mentioned it was too long i don't yeah. mind things being too long it was too long in the sense of like i just feel like they got kicked around too much for most of the movie and i just spent the movie like not uncomfortable but just like god just like almost yeah. like get your shit together um i felt and like i, I like both of them a lot Sorry, go ahead. No, that's, that was it, yeah. I felt like they were, I, I completely agree. And I felt like they were trying to use like the length and drawn out nature of the movie to kind of like 
put the audience in this like five-year engagement that's just exhausting for the two of them to make it even that much sweeter when they finally come together at the end. Right. Um, but I completely agree. Like, it's just like the middle third or so of the movie is just kind of exhausting. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's a difference in expectations because if, if I go into watching 127 hours, it's like, I, I anticipate that I'm going to feel uncomfortable for the majority of this movie because you're going to try and put me in the shoes of what someone's life would be like when their arm is trapped by a boulder inside a canyon and they're slowly starving to death. Right. I, but, but in this case, I came to see a romantic comedy and now I'm getting sad. And, like, and, and in some cases, I'm sure for some people, like probably starting to address some, you know, things are some hitting a nerve. Yeah. Um, maybe hitting too close to home or it's like, it's like if you watch the breakup with like your significant other who you're like just had a fight with or something yeah. like that that one i can defend a little more um because they are they're telling you on its face like hey this is that's what this is about which i guess right. five-year engagement is too but you know it's not like a happy, happy funny circumstances that lead them to, yeah. to delaying getting married so i don't know jeff but, you got an opinion on uh yeah. on this movie have you seen it nope never saw it so we're evened out for crazy rich ages. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah so well, and I think that's I, I think that's part of that. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I said, does Jeff have something against English people? He's, he goes on Emily <laughs> anti Emily Blunt kicks all the time. It's like Jeff, just cool it. We get it. You don't like Britain. Well, ever Come since down. ever since the fan cast uh, had her as uh, Elastic Woman, Jeff's Jeff's just been out on her. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I, i'm an open book to you yeah uh, um, no, but that's yeah good. that's that's my yeah. two these, okay. these two are just kind of a, a bright spot in this very long movie okay uh my number two is uh is another john Cazale movie um that's that's the guy who played fredo uh it's the deer hunter it <sighs> is it is technically <clears throat> it's it's a string of scenes um that uh the director told the studio was going to take probably 15 to 20 minutes and it ended up taking liar one minutes which is uh <laughs> liar. What, what what the suspicion was is that that's what he wanted all along so you know the deer hunter is obviously and and understandably and appropriately known as the russian roulette movie i think when people here the deer hunter they think of the russian roulette scenes and that's again that's that's warranted um this scene i think is very necessary for the rest of the movie i don't know that it needed to be this long but it really you know i i, I mentioned earlier that that big wedding scenes are a reason for everybody to be in the same room together and it gives you a glimpse of of the dynamics of a group um and then individual people within that group and this does that almost perfectly. Um, not only that, but they, they, they really capture the feeling of, of being at a big wedding. And there's a reason for that. They, they brought in a ton of local extras. They gave mm-hmm. them real liquor and beer and they put music on and, and you know, it, it feels like a big party because it is a big party. And, you know, the, the, the things are so accurate where Nikki and, and Mike are both, trying to dance with Linda and, you know, Nikki is just much more smooth than Linda. Linda's more to me, to me, Linda is, is more 
attracted to Nikki, but it feels a little bit of something for Mike, but Mike just like, can't, he's too awkward. He can't really put it together. He's, he's kind of yelling in her ear. You know, the, I think we've all had that moment of like, it's crowded in a bar on a dance floor. And like, you, you say something in their ear and they're like, what? And then you have to say it again. And it wasn't that good to begin with. And I don't know, like that, that nails it perfectly. Um, I, I think if you don't have this scene of all of them together, you don't grasp really for Nikki, especially like how far gone he is when Mike sees him at the end in Vietnam and just like how, yeah. how much, how much that affected him. Um, and for Steven too. I mean, I think because it's, it's Christopher Walken and it's, it's Robert De Niro that Nikki and Mike get a lot of attention, but you know, Steven's uh, you know, whole experience in, in Vietnam is, is, equally jarring you know he's he goes from just being married um you know to a woman who's who's carrying a child who's not his but he does the right thing anyway um and it's you know it's people say they watch titanic because multiple times in the theater because well i just like watching the beginning because i like i like having those moments when when jack and rose are together and you know james cameron and fox laughed all the way to the bank because people felt that way um, you can make the same argument of watching the beginning of this movie of, of this is when things were, were happier for everyone. Um, and they, they even managed to squeeze in, you know, that, that scene where the green beret comes in and just says, you know, he's drinking and they want to buy him a drink and they're saying, Hey, we're going over there too. You know, tell us what it's like. And he's just kind of got that knowing smile about like, like you guys are going to find out. And, and all he says is, is just fuck it. Um, and I don't know. It's it's a really it's a classic movie for a reason. What what hasn't aged well to me is is actually the Russian roulette scenes are, are pretty rough to watch. And and as a war movie itself, it's hard to to hold it up as one of the all timers. I don't know if that's controversial or not, but mm. it's you know there's no real war scenes. It's in a it POW battle. Movie. It's a POW movie. Yeah. Um, I mean there there are some things too that that. Uh, Sorry, a couple more things that, um, you know, in the making of this, uh, John Cazale is dying of cancer and looks really rough. And he's at the time is dating Meryl Streep. Streep takes the role to basically be close to him toward the end. The report is that De Niro paid for the insurance for him to be in the movie because the studio didn't want to cover it. Really? Um, but they felt that strongly about him being in it. And I don't know. The movie benefits from from his presence in it. Um, you know, it's a couple of things I noticed when watching it again. There's some things that haven't aged particularly well. Um, uh, his Kazali's character Stan uh, punches his girlfriend for dancing with another guy. That's, mm-hmm. that's not a good look. Uh, there's a couple of homophobic slurs. The biggest thing is they are they are husband and wife at this wedding are tying one on. They're both him, especially are, are very drunk and they leave at the end of the night to go drive home <laughs> and mm-hmm. he just gets behind the wheel and it's like, nope, totally fine. He's going to drive himself home from his own wedding in a very inebriated state. But, you know, it's, it's small town. Who cares? Um, and that actually said, yeah, and that actually sets up uh, uh, Robert De Niro streaking, which kind of ties back in with old school. There you go, and I guess circle. it might the the uh, yeah. The, the final note on that, I guess that the, the wedding scene, quote unquote scene ends with Nikki covering up De Niro naked on that 
court <laughs> and them saying, Nikki saying, just don't leave me over there. And the, to, I mean, that really is what drives a lot of the end of the movie is, is Mike not wanting to leave Nikki over there. So um, I think I've rambled about this enough. I'll let you guys talk. No, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. This scene, it, this scene is more than setting up the tone, though. I mean, or, or introducing the characters. I think it, it absolutely sets the tone, right? It absolutely allows you to understand the bond that these guys have. And then to your point at the end, how devastating it is, right? To see them just kind of emotionally fall apart. It's a tough watch. I mean, you know, it's almost as long as your guys' Marvel pod. Um, and there's a lot of hard scenes in here. You know, I would, I would argue, though, that it has nothing to do with the wedding side, that the, the POW scenes and the war scenes, it may not hold up, like, in our war ranking, but that it's probably pretty important for people to watch as hard right. as it may, as hard as it may be yeah. to watch, to fully yeah. understand. And here's where we're going to go. It is no secret that I am a fan of Hogan's heroes. And so my idea of what a POW camp is prior to seeing deer hunter is a little different, right? Yeah. Stalock 13 is like yeah. not that bad. Uh, the people running the camp aren't that bad. The prisoners have a, you know, pretty good. Now, Hogan's Heroes is a comedy sitcom uh, and has nothing to do with the actual war. You put that in stark contrast to what's going on in Vietnam and Deer Hunter. And, you know, I, I, I would argue that more people have probably seen Hogan's Heroes over the years than people have seen the Deer Hunter. It was on TV every night for how many years, right? On mainstream television. So yeah. I'm not saying it's the only cultural reference people have for POW camps and, and for the war in of itself, but I think it's pretty important. I think the respect and the uh, insight, albeit very small and albeit cinematically that you get here, definitely put me in a different frame of mind. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely very different. No, no, uh, no Sergeant Schultz in that shack and uh, you nothing. know, over the river. No, I see nothing. Um, nothing. Okay. Matt, you got anything? Or are we ready to vote? Let's do it. Love it. Uh, uh, I'm gonna, man, that's really tough. I'm gonna vote for my own. I know that's it's probably a faux pas. But I feel like if I talk ten minutes straight on it, I can't say like add eh, and like you know I don't think it's that important. You've done that before though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it, we're all gonna pull for our own here. I think I, I would say it's uh, only because I haven't seen Matt's pick. It would be against the Godfather and the Deer Hunter, and those are two pretty good <laughs> ones to have in the top two slot here. You might have heard. Um, of yeah, so I'm fine with the Deer Hunter in here. It's such as important as the scene is in The Godfather. I mean, the it's a third of the movie in The Deer Hunter, so it's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's I'm, I'm good with that. Way. All right. Well, that brings us to number one. Okay, equally hard watch, Tommy Boy. <laughs> Big Tom Callahan's son. The, Tommy Boy is really my number one, by the way. 
I know it is. Um, it's it's a great pick. This completely slipped my radar. This wedding kicks off everything in this movie. And it doesn't actually introduce all the characters. The characters are known prior to the wedding, right? They do it in different ways. Richard picking up Tommy at the airport. And we meet uh, Beverly and Punchable Rob Lowe prior to the wedding and Big Tom. So that's not there. But what we do get is this big wedding at the house with Big Tom and Tommy Boy. There's a very adorable scene prior to the wedding where they're like getting dressed. And it's a second marriage, right? Uh, Tommy's mom is dead. That was said a little aggressively, wasn't it? Jesus. Uh, <laughs> and Big Tom saying, you know, I, he's kind of trying to find the words around like, I hope you're okay with the fact that I'm getting remarried. And before you can finish it, Tommy's like, I just want you to be happy. Right. And it's like this adorable little moment between Tommy and Big Tom. And then Richard walks in <laughs> and says, like, we got to go. And they're like, how do we look? And he's like, chubby. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just, it's great. Uh, yep. <laughs> then they get married. I found one thing very interesting. Like, I think it's the same guy uh, that Tommy later calls out to around being present for when he lost his virginity. But they ask if anybody objects. And that guy stands up and is like, you kidding? Go get him, Tom. <laughs> Who would do that at a wedding? It's so inappropriate. Um, then they, they jump into this home movie format for the rest of the, pretty much the rest of the wedding, which I think was like a really cool way to do it. Yeah. And it's supposed to be Richard going around and like, and this happened a lot. I think this was in my, my parents' wedding video was like, you, you didn't really pay somebody to go make a home movie a wedding video for you. you got like one of your uncles to get the giant camcorder and like say a little something into the camera they're going around and you know the one guy's like oh would i would i like to get some of that good lord <laughs> it's like you got an edit button on that <laughs> um there was no so, mention of anybody beating the glue though no no glue not one glue mention in the whole wedding no um but i thought that format was kind of cool um you see Big Tom selling his ass off, right? Like we get the original T-Bone Butcher's, uh, butcher's ass yeah. uh, comment. We get the guarantee thing and you're Tommy's sitting there watching it, taking it in. He sees his dad. His dad's hammered. He's had eight whiskey sours, right? And he's on the top of his game. Uh, and then unfortunately... At the end of the wedding, for those of you that have not seen Tommy Boy, uh, Big Tom dies of what we can only imagine to be a heart attack. And while Big Tom is dying, Farley is going full Farley in this amazing choreographed dance scene where he's doing cartwheels, his hair's all over the place, screaming into the mic, and then off stage right, Big Tom goes down. And then yep. the rest of the movie takes place, right? Um I love everything about this wedding scene. Um, I think the father-son relationship here is really kind of adorable, for lack of a better term. I think it's like the fourth time I've used that word. But, you know, Tommy's, for lack of a better way of describing him, you know, big fuck up. And yeah. Tom, big Tom Callahan's, a, you know, kind of the big dog in, 
in Ohio, Sandusky, Ohio. And that relationship often probably isn't like that, right? Like he's not welcome home with open arms and giving him a desk at the plant. Uh, could have gone the other way. So I don't know. It's just kind of, it's cute. Yeah. It's a great picture. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's a good scene and a really fun movie. And it lets Farley kind of let loose in a way that it feels real that he would be letting loose. Um, and it's, it's, you know, the whole movie shows the sweetness in, in Tommy. And that's something that feels very yeah. real in Farley. So it wasn't a hard sell. Yeah. It's, it's a great scene. It's, is this, is this your favorite Farley movie? I think so. Yeah. It's got to be, right? Dirty work. Some, <laughs> some of the other ones, <laughs> some of the other ones kind of feel like reprints. They're still good, like Black Sheep, you know. I think Tommy Boy's got to be the top. Got to yeah. be the most quotable at the very least. I mean, the most quotable. The physical comedy off the charts. Billy Madison's not a Chris Farley movie, but no. That, yeah. Maybe one of the best scene stealing. <laughs> He's great. Comedy yeah, he does steal yeah. that. His, his points per minute, however you want to phrase it, is, uh, sure. is phenomenal. That's a great number one pick. Yeah, that's real solid. I can't believe that completely skimmed my radar. That's good. It was in my honorable mentions, but I'm glad it's here. Uh, um, Matt, what do you got? I, I got Wedding Crashers at number one. All right. So um, do I, but which, which scene in Wedding Crashers is? Uh, you don't have Birdcage as your number one, Kurt? <laughs> my honorable mention. It's, it should have been, uh, yeah. It's my honorable mention. They shoved it into the credits. Come on. <laughs> um, I, I had the Clary Wedding. Um, I went back and forth between this and the montage. And I, I feel like it had to be the Clary wedding for me because, you know, we talked about like weddings as sort of your introduction. I think the montage kind of does that well. It's like the introduction to like this stick that these guys do. But I yeah. think this is where they even call it this, like this is the big game, right? This is like the biggest wedding they've ever crashed. So it's great to see, at least for the first half of it, when when they're walking into the wedding, they do the, the family chart, like they're they're firing on all cylinders. The the church scene where they're like they're betting on, you know, the different church hymns, hymns that are or the, the readings that are gonna be read, like right. uh, you know, 20 bucks for Corinthians, double or nothing Colossians Republic. It just kind of subtly shows like how much they've done this and they just like have the they know what's coming. Um, and everything really from there to like, if you want to pick a point, like when Todd's on the dock going death, you are my bitch lover. Like that whole stretch of like, Oh my God. The Way to go, Todd. Yeah. You tell that mean ocean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the slow-mo thing where he sees a woman uh, and like you, you that he, he saw at a previous wedding and like, you see the playbook. Um, I just, I think when I think of like a movie wedding, this just kind of immediately comes to mind. Um, wow. And, <laughs> and it's great. This is also, also like kind of coincidentally the beginning of the like last good parts of this movie. Cause there is similar to some of the others. It's like, there's that. I agree. 40 minutes, 20, 30 minutes in the movie where it's like, God, this is just kind of painful. Probably maybe after the football game, when they get to, uh, the house, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the bike ride is the beginning of. Uh, yeah, of the bike the, ride. I'm gonna fast forward now. 
yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I could have done without him getting beat up at the rehearsal event. Like, yeah, the I didn't rehearsal think dinner. That. Like, that's that's a kind of a bridge too far. Like, all right, I get it. It's not going well. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, for me, it's the Clary wedding, which it was. It was a clear wedding for me too. Um, yeah. This is. Can I point out? This is a very different Christopher Walken movie from from my number two, but still two Christopher Walken movies. He's Guy knows how to attend a wedding well. I want to say same universe. That, <laughs> a, oh my god! <laughs> is Pulp is Christopher Walken and Pulp Fiction the same Christopher Walken and in Deer Hunter? Did he have that gold gold watch up his ass the entire time? <laughs> In Seven Psychopaths, he does wear a, a cravat that does look very similar. Now, um, I, I think it's admirable that they, you know, I'd love to crash wedding receptions and enjoy the, the, the fun part, but it's admirable that they go to the actual wedding. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, so there's there's some full Catholic masses that they're sitting through. Uh, my friends were not thrilled yeah. that we had a full Catholic mass for, you know, an hour and 20 minutes for some guys who had uh, turned away from the church was, was not, well, you know, I, I was not their favorite person. It's smart too because you know everybody's already looking like, all right, who's that asshole that's here? I didn't see them at the the reception, right? Or the and everyone is eyeing everybody up. Go. Who's who's here? Yeah. Who's here? Have either uh, of you so ever crashed it, a wedding? No. Accidentally, I mean, I've walked into the wrong. Accidentally, one. I've walked into the wrong. There've been multiple ones at the same venue, and I've walked into the wrong one, and then like, oh, this isn't. I don't know anybody here. Oh, this is not the right <laughs> wedding. Um, but I, I didn't intentionally stay I mean, and it'd be hard to, because like something they never address is like, I, I, I remember one of the first weddings we had after college, uh, my friend brought his girlfriend and hadn't RSVP'd for her and there wasn't enough chairs and they had to go find a chair and it was like a big thing. And it's like, it, it, it will be very clear if, you know, if you don't have a name card, you don't have, so I don't know if, if, if they, if they had fake names already set up and they had like place a, a seating, if they had like an inside person at all these weddings, yeah, yeah, I'm willing to go along with it, but that's, that's the only piece where I'm like, I don't know. That'd be, that'd be harder to pull off than, uh, than you think. I will say that I I would be interested in not a full sequel, but I could have done with the scene of uh, the four of them, Rich McAdams, Isla Fisher, uh, and then Jeremy and, uh, What's Owen Wilson's? John. John. Uh, crashing the wedding. Not not as a, uh, you know, not there to hook up with anybody. We're just, we're here for for great finger food and, uh, yeah. and good music. Yeah. Takes, I love them. And, and they'd be, I mean, the girls could hold their own. I mean, yeah. uh, Rachel McAdams seems like her, her, you know, Claire can, uh, could definitely pull it off and, and Gloria is crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe maybe a little credit been... scene of them like up singing with a band or something like that. Yeah, I mean this is where you get like a lot of the the quotes that people pull yeah. out. Uh, make me a bicycle clown, lock <laughs> it up. They go through the rules. Gloria's tantrum. Right. <laughs> Gloria, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give into this kind of behavior. Um, <laughs> you don't really see. Oh, I do want to say like I, in I was looking at something for Bradley Cooper. Um, on this because this was one of his first big roles and i found an interview where he he talks about uh when they're filming that scene or the the, the big cleary wedding rachel mcadams has to dance with christopher walken and walken is is a very good dancer um he's in that that 
Fatboy Slim video weapon of choice. So um, good. He's so good. So he's a very smooth dancer, and, and she knew that going in. And she, they get done with the scene, and Cooper's like, What was that like? Like, you know, dancing with Christopher Walken. And she was like, It was great. But he, in order to keep it loose, they were supposed to be kind of like laughing through the whole scene. She said that he kept saying the word fart over and over again just to like <laughs> keep it loose. So she, they would just be dancing, and he would just be saying, Fart. Fart. <laughs> fart. <laughs> and guys, he was what is, weird as shit. What a psycho. <laughs> Oh, like he, he is they, like Cooper was like he is exactly what you think he would be like. Um, what I wanted to bring up Cooper. Oh wait, wait before before I get to that, because what I'm going to say is could lead us down a rabbit hole. At the end, when John comes to the wedding and declares his love for for Claire, yeah. how furious would Caitlin and Lauren be? Is there a person on earth that could do that where they would be like, yeah, this is fine? Or would it just be scorched oh, earth? Like, be, you sit down right now. And it'd, be, it'd be real pissed. It'd be real bad. Would not so, be. Katie, Katie, not good. Yeah, not be good. <laughs> I mean, I uh, think it's like she's, she's vested in the outcome, though, because, like, she wants her sister to be happy and she knows she's not. She knows how important this is to her, her husband, or about yeah. to be husband, like it's. She probably didn't it's like. It's uh, believable, but oh Jesus! Like, what poor yeah. timing. She probably didn't like. What's what's Bradley Cooper's? Zach. She probably didn't like Zach anyway, so I'm sure she didn't mind seeing Jeremy punch Zach out. But that yeah. that Such leads me to. Out too. Uh, at great, the wedding, the we were all just Bradley Cooper asshole energy vibes in this it, movie. It is, and it's the first big role. He had been in like smaller stuff like Wet Hot American Summer before this, but this is the yeah. first big role he had. And I mentioned this, you, I, I bury the lead. The three of us were just at a wedding uh, a month ago, not even a month ago. Yeah, um, for the big guy. Paparazzi Delightful. were all over the place for us. It was it was really distracting trying to, to live our life. Leave us alone, people. Yeah. We're just, we're people like, you know, like you. We just want to live our lives. You those guys um, in the podcast? It didn't help that Matt had flyers printed That's up. That's true. Yeah. Jeff, you were carrying your podcast microphone around too, and just in case. <laughs> but I, I asked you guys at the wedding, I said, think about this question. Has there been someone whose first major role was such a well-known asshole who then pivoted to become not just you know a star but like an a-list level star very likable guy too very likable guy or girl um oh man because when i had like originally it's like all right who whose first big roles were were villains and so i think alan rickman and christoph waltz but they weren't assholes and they weren't like loathsome and, and and plus like they never really became like leading men they always kind of had like shades of of that vibe in whatever role they took i yeah. guess not i mean christoph waltz is it's a protagonist of sorts in in django but you know what i mean like they never became like it's it's interesting guy. because like bradley cooper could just play like you know the the handsome asshole in every movie and every like 
kids movie we saw in the nineties. Like he's just got yeah. that energy. And, yeah. and I think what you're getting at is like, he recognized that and was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this to like get in there and intro. Right. But yeah. he also knew that he kind of had the depth to do a few other things. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Executed very well. I can't think of another one. So here's, I mean, I spent some time thinking about this in the back of my mind. Um, I think Sean Penn was, was not, even a villain is just, I, I thought of him for in fast times just because it was such a stark difference to the roles that he yeah. ended up taking later on Mark Wahlberg and fear. I mean, that was big, but we already kind of knew him as Marky Mark. It wasn't like, it was like, Oh, who's this guy. Right. Um, so I feel like that jump was, that's the one where he plays the kid and he's got the one scene where he beats himself up or is that something different? No, I think that's, that's, yeah, he's like stalking. Uh, Are you saying yeah, Sean Penn? follows the same pathway because he seems like a dick. Uh, I'm saying Sean Penn took a left turn. I mean, Sean Penn wasn't a good example because he... Oh, it doesn't have to be from dick to hero. It could just No, it be... kind of does. It kind of does. Oh. And I'm saying, that's why I'm saying that it wasn't a good example. I was just kind of like helping you think about my thought process. Okay. I mean, the okay. names that I came up with were Ben Affleck in Dazed and Confused and Mallrats. He's he's a pretty big jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a great one. Especially in Dazed and Confused. Yeah. Um, the bigger one was I. Uh, Matt Damon was in School Ties and is pretty... I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Um, it's weird because it's like it's Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and Cole Hauser three years before they all do Goodwill Hunting. And it's a movie that's where Brendan Fraser is like the lead and Chris O'Donnell is the second lead. But like, if you watch it now, it's like, Oh, it's, it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Um, and then those guys that we used to think were good, like back you know, before the one guy wore nipples on the Robin suit. Um, the, the biggest one to me in a weird way is uh, Damn it, Chris Cooper, Bradley Cooper's co-star in wedding crashers. Rachel McAdams, like her first big role was uh, uh, Regina George. Was Regina George. Yeah. And then she does the notebook the same year. So I think that that like doesn't really stick with her. But yeah, that saved her. Also in about time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Rachel McAdams and, and Matt Damon were the two that I could think of. But but School Ties wasn't like a big commercial success. So I don't think it was even think, Matt Damon was that. I think Rachel McAdams was is the next best example, if not even better than the Bradley Cooper example, because she was such a notorious, I mean, mean girl, apt title. Yeah. Yeah. And now, lovable. I love her. Yeah. She's great. Me too. Yeah. And my last note is like, I mean, for Cooper, it seems like, we talked about the hangover earlier. It seems like that was a nice stepping stone from, he has like shades of kind of being an asshole, but he's, Mm -hmm. He's likable, and then it did shifts into full blown. Yeah, limitless. good middle ground for him. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, at least until we talk about Bert. What's up? Uh, do that now. We'll fold yeah. that into the Rocket Raccoon discussion yeah. too somehow. Best of Bradley um, So I guess you guys get number one, huh? I think it's going to shake out that way. Yeah, we double. That's usually how we do it, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we do it. Interesting. Okay. Um, so the six are 
Well, we got to go through honorable mentions, I guess. So, Kurt, you said the one you were going to fight for was what? Uh, Deer Hunter. Princess Bride? No, no, no. Your oh, Princess Bride. first honorable mention. My first honorable mention was Princess Bride. Right. Uh, what did you have at four? Uh, Princess Bride. Oh, what did I have it for? Wedding Singer. Which I don't, I don't think that scene is that great. I'm not, I don't know. I know it's my four, but like, I don't know. So the, the, the list we have right now is Love Actually at number five, Princess Bride at number four, Old School at three, Deer Hunter two, Wedding Crashers at one. I mean, it feels like Godfather needs to be in here. Um, or Tommy Bryan, mention first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I only have one honorable mention to begin. Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just, let's just rip through them. I mean, Matt, you want to go ahead and go? I, I sorry, I have two. Um, my first that I want to spend a hot second talking about is forty-year-old virgin, um, mm. the end scene, and I didn't put it in here because it's the wedding's fine, and I think you can make the argument of pulling the age of Aquarius dance scene into the overall wedding scene after the thing's consummated but i think it's probably a stretch but it's really more just like after after that like it's fun during the wedding when they're talking about like oh we're gonna get some toys like you know when how much money they made off that but like what a way to end that movie and finally like the whole movie's been building up to him having sex and then like afterwards for that to happen I watched the scene before we started recording it. It just, it cracks me up every time. It's so That's good. great. Um, and the other one I had was uh, Night at the Roxbury. That was in mine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, such a good play, I'll be graduate. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Jeff was around. No, neither of which should belong in our six pack, but are <laughs> fun. <laughs> so yeah. the, the one I would fight for, uh, it feels kind of close to Princess Bride would be Spaceballs. And it's like the opening That's scene. in mine too. It's only a couple <laughs> minutes long. But the quote from it, the, the, the priest, that line like is indelible in my head of we are gathered here today to witness Princess Vespa, daughter of King Rowling, go right past the altar, down the <laughs> ramp and out the door. Like, <laughs> I love it every time. I love Spaceballs. Caitlin hates it with a passion, but um, oh, Rick Moranis is oh, it's so good, the best in that. It's mo- yeah, like yeah. even when she's walking down the aisle and she stops and she's like, Daddy, do I have to do this? And the organ stops. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's the only prince left. And then they go again. And she stops again. And the organ just the guy like throws his hands up, like, ah, that's it. I'm not playing this anymore. Just. <laughs> Just wait till Jack's of age and then throw that on. And then there's no oh, yeah, he'll love it. Yeah, we ain't found shit, (laughs) man. We ain't found shit. (laughs) First intergalactic, even at the wedding, like, uh, I'm the best man. Are you getting married? No, (laughs) get out of here. (laughs) Underrated John Candy. Yeah, uh, anything else from you? Birdcage. Oh, there it is. It's it's a brief, we can leave a wonderful scene. Uh, actually, coming to America. Uh, yeah, I think the wedding and coming to America is great, especially when he pulls the veil back and finds out it's her. Um, it's a nice moment. Yeah, and then Shrek, but Shrek really just 
it's kind of ripping off Princess Bride, right? Like, um, Humperdinck yeah. is what's his name in Shrek, and he's just trying to Farquhar, <laughs> Farquhar, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but great soundtrack. Great it really soundtrack. is. Uh, well, you guys took care of a lot of mine. I only have three left. Uh, Step Brothers, just the it's only forty five seconds, but I didn't want salmon. <laughs> I said it eight times. Get a room, Dad. It's wedding is horse shit. That's I use that one. Like, yeah. used uh, it. Used it a month ago. I heard it. <laughs> uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah. For uh, just the reason he finally gets to marry I Jenny. I had that one in my animals too. Yeah. She, she dragged her feet for opinions about Jenny. But second, second Robin White mentioned here. His, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and my, my last one is kind of weird. It's. The end of What About Bob when <laughs> Richard Dreyfus can't pull himself out of the coma fast enough to object to uh to Bob marrying his sister. <laughs> I don't know. It's I love that movie. Um uh, and that's it. And uh before we, we vote, I, I have something that is not in my in my honorable mentions, and it's so bad that I wanted to bring it up briefly. Um it's table 19, which is a, a movie that is an hour and 20 minutes long that stars Anna Kendrick and Craig Robinson and Stephen Merchant and a lot of people that I generally enjoy the work of, but it's really bad. And I watched it because the whole movie takes place at a wedding. And so I was like, Oh, this could fit in. You know, if I like it, maybe it's an honorable mention. Right. I would not waste your time. My main flaw with the movie is Anna Kendrick plays a character who we meet her and she's debating going to the wedding of her best friend. And the reason why is she used to date the brother of her best friend and they just broke up. And so she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to see him. So she ends up going and he runs into her and they have this, he's, he's there with someone else already. And they have this back and forth because he broke up with her over text and he's like, Oh, I hope you're not going to do anything embarrassing. And she's like, why would you break up with me over text? Which makes it clear that they haven't talked to each other since the breakup has happened so then they have that conversation which lasts like a couple minutes and then they go their separate ways then you find out maybe 20 minutes later in the movie that anna kendrick is pregnant with uh that guy's baby and that that's the reason that he broke up with her and i just thought like in what world would your first conversation seeing that person not entail in some capacity something about the fact that like you being that there's a pregnancy in play. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's like too small of a, a nit to pick with something, but no, that's, that's indicative weird. of people don't act like human beings in this movie. It, it, they act. Yeah it's, yeah. it's very bad. I wouldn't. Is this the one that. where the premise is like, they're all sitting at the shitty table. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's really bad. It's, it's almost in a way. I mean, it's only an hour and 20 minutes in a way it's worth watching. Just actually so, it's even not, I, it, it was painful to get through. Did Anna Kendrick not not get enough like wedding movie vibes from Mike and Dave doing wedding dates? She had to go and do this too. Oh, I actually like that movie. I forgot about <laughs> that one. Anyway, that's that's my not honorable mention. So I think dishonorable mention. Dishonorable mention. We should do that for yeah. We, we, <laughs> I'm all in on that. To, I could, what we need is to make it longer. I think we need to really stretch this out. And yeah, we need at least 15 more minutes in all these episodes. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna. This is half the length of Marvel Part Two. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Godfather should be the the wild card, but I don't know. You guys, that sounds right. 
I mean, the only other ones were Wedding Singer and Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. I mean, I like Godfather. Yeah. Yeah, probably Godfather. If we put the Godfather in, it's a good mix of uh, of comedy and and drama and romantic comedy. So mm-hmm. I'm good with that. So well done, boys. The uh, the six pack reads the godfather is the wild card love actually at number five princess bride at number four old school at number three deer hunter at number two wedding crashers the cleary wedding at number one for really those of you, movies for those of you keeping score at home that means that there was no blood on the pod very uneventful three points across the board uh puts kurt at 25 not at 27 on a 32 all right. Well, we'll see if it's very unsatisfying. The next go around. It's good. Yeah. It's a good six pack. I feel so unsatisfied. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, wow. Done, we guys. did it. <laughs> we did it back together. Uh, well, this is fun. I'm sure we'll talk again soon. As always. Turtles. All right. See you, boys. See you.